six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gon' leave me alone. On a plane by the visit, land rock, need crypto. Told me I should bring the Glock with me, so I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix With that rare candy paint job on the whip, who you with? Okay, special episode here. Now, our, our guest, I'm going to introduce her in a second. You're going to want to be watching this on YouTube because her room is absolutely beautiful. Um, and uh, her, her name is, is Karen Laurie. And um, Karen, tell me what's going on in the room right now. What do you have going on back there? Because you, you said it earlier. I, I think it's great. Oh, um right behind me i'm just gonna move the computer this is a tibetan Tonka. Uh-huh. that's the goddess of compassion the white the white um goddess of compassion for for tibet and it was uh supposedly hand painted by the master artist to the dalai lama although we're not always sure about that and then i just have a lot of orchids and i like this is a coleus and um, that's kind of pretty much what you see. Do you notice it? Do you do you like do you I, I definitely notice it. My, my wife definitely notices it. I, I was never I was never into this until we had a really nice nook for, full of reading and Himalayan salt lamps and all types of cool stuff. Like I definitely feel like a different vibe when I'm in a room that looks that looks nice. I mean, do you feel it? Oh, sure. You know, I I everything almost everything in my house matches what nature gave me like my skin tone my eye color my hair color Mm -hmm. so like this pink is kind of the color my cheeks get or my lips are when they're you know like if i'm working out or whatever if it's just natural if i don't have makeup on and like the pillow the pillows go with my eye color (laughs) (laughs) yeah my eyes are blue but they have a little teal in them See, that's stuff we just don't think about. We need help from the other, the other side, yeah. if you will. You know, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> calculated. There is no yeah. vestigial piece of equipment or uh, in the in the room yeah. whatsoever. It all has it all has a meaning. So now you're yeah. um you're you're an author, right? So you you have you we we've been having authors on lately. We both love to read. Um, but now you explain what um what draws you to writing what you like to write about because i don't think a lot of people know about like law of attraction i think a lot of people think that's dating you know <laughs> like or, so, or something like that <laughs> and that's not all you write about but um just what what do you normally what what normally comes to mind when you when you're just like i gotta write something down like what what's it usually about well so i'd say that the um i have three books so the first book i wrote about was really because i used to have chronic pain. I used to have narcolepsy. I was falling asleep all the time. I used to have, you know, my, I needed uh, um, glasses to read. I uh, had depleted adrenals. My thyroid was off, you know, just like not a happy camper. And, um, <laughs> and then I ended up um, getting a hand injury uh, where I accidentally severed three tendons and it didn't hurt. Like it didn't hurt so much that, <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I was so not hurting that I was going to go to the grocery store to go go bicycling with a friend of mine. And my neighbor happened to come over and he goes, what happened to you? And I said, oh, I got a cut. Do you have a butterfly bandaid? And he goes, you got to go to the, the ER. Right. No, I don't. And he goes, he goes, you have to go to the ER. If you don't go, I'll tear, I'll I'll make you go. I'll take you myself. And I said, all right, I'll go. So I had to postpone the biking. And turns out I'd severed these three tendons and I needed, he said, you're going to need at least 10 stitches. I had like 15, I think. Um, <laughs> but it was fine. You know, I didn't have any pain, which was shocking because all through in the last 15 years, all that chronic pain, the narcolepsy, the depleted adrenals, the eyesight, the hair used to fall out, the eyebrows were thinner. All of that had changed. And when I got this injury, it was kind of like a, a real confirmation that something had changed so significant, significantly that even when I had a, a substantial injury, you know, I couldn't use my hand for 10 months. Um, it didn't hurt. So that was the first one. And it was all the stuff I wrote about all the things I had done to shift my physiology to the point where I don't really feel pain anymore. I, I, I used to, <laughs> but I don't anymore. And so that was the first book. And the second book was a memoir because my publisher wanted me to write it. And it was a fun, it was fun to write it. And I've had kind of a lot of adventure in my life. So that was fun. And then the third book is about, it's called chronic pleasure in relationships. Mm -hmm. And that book is for women so that they can um, elicit the best from men. So those are the books. And then I don't even think about what I'm going to write about. Usually it just starts to flow. Mm -hmm. All the books basically felt like I was sort of listening inside to my spirit the whole time I wrote them. And I didn't, uh, I, it was effortless. If you yeah. will, I mean, there were still, there were things I showed up, I did it, but it was listening. I, I was kind of like, wow, that's really cool. I didn't know that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just typing it as it's flowing through me. We're going to get you right back to the episode, but I just wanted to let you guys know of a few other things we offer at Rare Candy Industries. We have a Substack with free and paid subscription options. Free subscribers get access to all written content. That includes Bob's Red Pill. That's the best thing going on the internet right now. Trust me. Paid subscribers get full access to our premium episode feed. And that's just every episode we don't necessarily want to share with the general public, if you know what I'm saying. Again, that's rarecandy.substack.com. We also have merch. That link's a little long for me to say right now, but go to the description, go to our merch store and find a shirt that's right for you. We have rare candy shirts, Dr. Bronner soap label shirts, Rishi mushroom shirts, all types of stuff there. Check it out. There's got to be something for you. And lastly, check us out on social media. On Instagram, we're rare candy pod, but on Twitter, we're at rare candy pod one. All right, enough of that. Let's get you back into the episode. When you say you don't feel pain, because I know I know there's people that are going to be listening to this that maybe aren't living the way that they should be living, but they might think, okay, so what happens if you, if something's too hot and you touch it, right? You know, or just things like that. And I, I'd like to know, like, what do you, what do you think pain is? I guess is a better question. Like what, what is pain then? If, if you don't, if you're able to not, I know it wasn't as simple as turning the switch off and on, but you know, what do you, what do you think it is? This is so interesting to me. I, I learned this after I'd had the hand surgery and after I'd had the hand injury. So I was already doing this before I understood the science of it. So let's say this is your brain. It's your, I'm looking at my hand here. And if on your brain, let's say the tip of every finger, let's say right there is 
what are called hedonistic hotspots. They are parts of the brain that are devoted to pleasure. And then let's say in the middle of your palm is your pain center. What most people do when they have pain, and this is what I did for most of my life, is they will look at the pain and keep focusing on the pain and keep focusing on the pain. And the pain center starts to grow so much that it sort of hijacks the pleasure centers. And what I had done without understanding it, I had been focusing on things that gave me pleasure, but it could be things like smelling. I have jasmine growing outside, smelling the, the flowers for several minutes, uh, many times a day, going for a walk in nature, um, looking at, you know, looking at the beauty of nature, being with people I love, writing out appreciation, doing meditation, uh, doing art, you know, dancing, anything that I like, it could, you don't have to do my things. I'm just saying mm -hmm. if right. you like what I ended up doing was growing my hedonistic hotspots hot or pleasure centers so much that they hijack the pain center. So let's say if I do have something that burns me, I'll go, oh, and it goes away. I mean, I, I touch it and I'll feel it. And it, it's the, it's the signal, but it's not, pain is not meant to be an, an incessant alarm. The, the thing that from my experience that creates pain is the focus on the pain mm. more and more and more. And then it, it literally makes it so some people can't even perceive uh, pleasure, pleasure from cooking or from a great mm -hmm. meal from anything, you know, hugging, hugging your mom, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. So, so with me, I later found this out. I can't remember the name of the guys. It was a, a couple, two different, they weren't, they weren't together, but they were two different neuroscientists. And I had learned about it uh, through my girlfriend who was reading one of their books because uh, she had pain. And I was telling her about my experience and she said, Oh, read this part. And I read it and it made total sense. And I thought, oh, this is what makes this is what makes it so that if you don't want to have pain, if you focus on things that give you emotional, physical, gustatory, olfactory, visual, kinesthetic pleasure to such a degree that that the pain, I believe pain is meant to be just like a, hey, you know, move to the left if you're mm -hmm. not a just like a boom here, it's a message, one text, yeah. <laughs> pain. But most people get, pain gets on the phone with them and is like not letting them get off the phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so they, you have to kind of use a little mental, sh uh, have a shift in your focus on shifting to something that makes you feel better. It could just be, you know, when you think about it, uh, every breath has a massage happening with it. Yeah. And so if you feel the the sensation of your rib cage moving or your belly moving or you actually your hips move in and out with every breath if you're sitting down or lying down and then you, or you could have your sacrum moving for example any of those places if you put your attention on it while you breathe it becomes like erotic. <laughs> it's so sensational and so there can be just breathing it can be uh, you know seeing a beautiful flower mm -hmm. watching someone you love uh, being with a child or a petting a cat petting a dog you know there's it doesn't matter like as long as it's something that feels good to you that will start to increase your pleasure centers and 
my, for me, I want my pleasure centers to be so big that pain is just a communication, you know? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, uh, that was beautiful. Yeah. I, uh, we decided to have you on because I, anyone just check out your Twitter feed. Cause it, you're not faking this. You are about that life. You know, you, you have embodied this whole thing. And I don't know, I think a lot of people maybe trying to fake it till they make it. And I think, I think your story, I listened to your Deepak Chopra interview, which is really, which is really great where he was asking about your early life and the pains that you went through and evolved past. Um, and yeah, I feel something, obviously that's important. Sometimes you have to go through that kind of a thing to really come out the other side, to have that context. But it seems like focus is the really important thing for, for this law of attraction stuff or anything that kind of any creating the life you want in any subject, basically. Right. And everyone always focuses on the money aspect of it, which is important for sure. But I like the cases where people do like really crazy mental or body transformations. Right. Cause that's really impressive. And sometimes I've heard, I've heard some edge cases almost where like, you know, people will change eye color with their, with their mind. People will, uh, you know, like get an inch taller if they wanted to just crazy stuff. And I, I don't know, I feel like that stuff is possible in a lot of cases, not always, but sometimes it can be the real deal. Yeah. Do you sure. have I grew, I grew, um, not last summer, but the summer before mm-hmm. first somebody came over and they had, you know, against the wall and put a, put the, the pencil against the wall. Yeah. And then I said, I feel like they, it, all these people kept saying to me, are you, are you taller? I said, I feel like I am. And and I grew not a, not like an inch, but about, let's see, I went from um, five, five, five and a quarter, five, five, no, five feet, four inches. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. No, (laughs) five, 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 five point four inches. So five feet, five inches, point four to point seven. So, uh, so it was just, it was a, it was a little bit, it was like a little more than, a. it's about like a close to a half an inch. Enough for a person to notice. Right. I mean, <laughs> enough yeah, for somebody you know, to see like, it. You're saying it to me. I was like, yeah. wow, this is sort of cool. You know, we have some listeners that <laughs> we, we have some listeners that definitely could use that help uh, a little bit, I think, but the, the, um, the, the uh, definitely um, one thing I, 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 I thinking about what you said about just like, just like people that are constantly in pain, like they're constantly on the phone with pain. I, I love that the way that, because yeah. that, that I you look at that even you're speaking on like a physical pain, but even like everybody knows somebody who's perpetually unhappy, right? Emotional pain, right? No matter what, it could be the perfect day of all time, but they'll find a way to sabotage it because because they want to, right? Mm-hmm. Or like because because that might even be the most interesting about thing about them. They might they may mm-hmm. hate themselves that much that it might actually be the only thing that makes their them interesting or gives them that rush that they need. So, I mean, I, I would imagine that works completely on an emotional level, too, even if you're in great shape, even if you're completely built and you're just, you know, marathon runner, uh, bodybuilder guy that just can move mountains or something. But if you're just completely negative all the time, you're going to feel that pain on that level, I would imagine. Yeah. And I had that I had been diagnosed before. So th- this all left me a little like within within the last 15 years, um, like it, by by 15 years ago, it was pretty much almost all gone. But some of it got better, but I had been diagnosed with suicidal depression. I was suicidal for like most of my life wow. until about 15 years ago, I was diagnosed with 
um, dissociative disorder, which, you know, I would get unpresent and I couldn't think yeah. at all. Um, PTSD, like severe PTSD and anxiety, panic, all that stuff. It's all gone. I don't have any of that. Yeah. So yeah, this works, doesn't matter. But I will say that emotional pleasure, the pleasure of writing out appreciation, the pleasure of meditating, the pleasure of, of um, drawing something that you liked, that you like, whatever it is, the pleasure, listening to music, dancing, whatever, playing mm -hmm. music, you play music, the emotional pleasure changes the physiological experience. And that's one of the things like most people are not aware how much their emotions and their thoughts are impacting their physiology. But if you think about it, you know, let's say you've got a lemon and you've cut the lemon into quarters and now you pick up one of the quarters and you smell it. And then you look at the quarter and you take a bite into the lemon I mean, I feel the tartness in mm -hmm. my, in my jaw, in the, you know, in the salivary glands, yeah. that kind of thing. If, if somebody just imagines something and, you know, like men, for example, if you imagine something that's sexually exciting to you, you will notice a physiological change, but it doesn't have to be just in those women too. But, uh, but men's are a little more like obvious, I, I would say, <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah. It's not just about those kind of bigger things, you know, the tartness or a sexual note, but it's also, you know, do you breathe deeper? Yeah. Did your pupils increase? Does your eyesight seem more clear? Mm -hmm. Are you, is your heart uh, getting more relaxed? Is your heart and your brain feeling more coherent? Yeah. Do you feel more physical energy? Do you feel like you're uh, like like you can do something that you hadn't been able to do for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, and I I find I've been really honing into the you know the whole stop and smell the roses thing. When I appreciate the little things and I train that as a habit, all the bigger things start to take care of themselves in almost magical ways. You know where because yeah. I I have been on negative streaks where I'm just like why it feels like the whole universe is acting against you. Of course yeah. you put yourself there, you know, and it's but yeah if you that's that would be my number one advice to anyone just getting started with this is really helping me is uh yeah just just milk the little things you know just like that your favorite cup of tea or coffee in the morning just really savor it spend an extra five minutes with your cat you know just little things like that and everything else will just kind of fall into place you know and yeah if you, especially if you make that as a habit so I think that links into what you're saying about hijacking the good way the good hijacking mm -hmm. you know in that in that sense yeah. Yeah, bravo for you. That's really wonderful that you're that you're doing that. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, we're 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 both kind of on. You know, we, oh, we yeah. have a we have like a paranormal uh, tint to this podcast. Of course, uh, it's just who we are. You know, and uh, we had a Mon uh, Monroe Institute uh, veteran on uh, Joe Gallenberger, uh, who you know doing all the binaural beats and the astral projection and stuff like that. And he's really into kind of telekinesis with you know, dice games and Vegas stuff using love, like heart centered stuff to really uh, amp up the odds in like a mathematical way, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, he's been doing these, Um, well, we've been doing his uh, his liquid luck uh, meditation. Oh, here we go. What's up? Oh, 
Let's it, go. What? We, I don't even know. I didn't, well, wait, so you, hang on. So you did that. That's a bent yeah, spoon. Tell, okay. Tell yeah. everyone what, what you're showing if they're not. Okay. Saying, I'm showing a spoon. I got the spoon originally. We did and, not plan this. We did not plan. This is all. Because no, <laughs> yeah. I'm interested in all that too. Yes. Um, so <laughs> with this spoon first, I bent it the first night. It went like into a U. And then the next morning I was meditating. I thought, I wonder if I can still do it. So I tried it again and I made another loop. And then the next morning I tried it again and I made a third loop. So now this is loop. What? Three times. Yeah. You can That's see the real that. deal right there. That's yeah. crystal clear yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. All sorts of things. I really know telekinesis, telepathy, yeah. intuition. That stuff is totally true. I talk to dead people. Yeah. Oh, well, we're going to dig people. into that. Let's get yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I was, I was, my whole thing with spoon bending is if you can bend a spoon with your mind, you can manifest you know, like a little extra, you know, a better apartment or like some extra money or something. Sure. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Any, any of that stuff. Yeah, man. I, I had like, I, for, for a long time, you know, t probably about four or five years ago at this point, almost daily, I was able to have an anxiety attack and pretty much take myself out of the world, mm -hmm. hoping that I would get out of the world, hoping that nobody would see me, hoping that I could just be d disappear for a little bit. And then I realized like, you know, n not right then, sadly, I didn't realize that, but just doing this journey that we're on right now, I've realized I was able to completely wreck my day, <laughs> like with my own mind. So right. why can't I do something cool with it? You know, yeah. like, why can't? <laughs> that's exactly right. That's so, that's such a great uh -huh. point. Because when we talked about focus, you mentioned focus um, a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. To me, focus is like sun, mm. sunlight. And if you look at any plant or tree or even a plant in your house wherever the sun is that plant is going to move towards the sun at that yeah. light and if a plant does not get enough light you know or the right kind of light the plant usually will wilts and doesn't it's not very happy you need focus to grow and every thought is a seed so the sunlight is so important and every thought is the seed. And then yeah. if we go into this metaphor a little more, you know, appreciation is the nourishment uh, for the seeds to grow. Okay. So I'm glad we're getting into this because I know some people get weird, even people that are into weird stuff when, whenever you talk about LOA stuff and, and I think that's law a real shame. Law of attraction. Yeah, you're talking yeah about. exactly. Mm -hmm. And so my, I, I see it as like three levels of, of acceptance as of what I, what I've kind of intuited where we're at as a society. The first step is the complete skeptic where your thoughts don't matter at all. We're completely materialistic robots, you know, no brains interacting whatsoever. Then the second step is like, yeah, you know, positive thinking probably helps because it probably gets you into a state where you're more willing to take action. You're more willing to do this and that, and you can kind of, but it's probably still contained. It's still not whatever. And then there's kind of the level of acceptance where it's like, no, our thoughts vibrate and radiate out and connect with all that is and everyone else and everything else. And uh, and it's there. It's actually how it works. That's actually the nature of reality. And I I think it's probably good to not uh, to not count out that that last one. I just said that's probably how it is, you know, and it's probably and if you accept that as a belief structure, belief system um, and try and work with that. You know, like you said, the seed thing and the appreciation and, and create, make that as your substrate for your whole mind. That'll probably create some miracles in your life, I think. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. You know, the thing that you were just talking about, that one of the things that's a problem for mm -hmm. people 
is that m most of us, I certainly was, and most, most of my clients grew up with belief systems that we think are what the world is, but it's really the belief systems that we inherited from whoever we were around, usually the adults or older siblings or teachers or coaches or doctors or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we get these, these belief systems and our brains in the first, I'd say from in utero, sometime in utero, up until around six or seven years old, we're in what's called a hypnagogic trance, meaning mm. we are in we're in we're in hypnosis the first six or seven years of life yeah. and, and in utero. So little kids, when you when you're carrying a baby, that that baby can hear. That's their primary. They can hear and they can feel. Mm -hmm. And sound is a vibration. Yeah. So is light. And so when a baby is hearing mom and dad talking about how beautiful each other is and what they love about each other and how great this experience is or whatever, mm -hmm. that baby's going to get all these good hormones from mom and it's going to get these vibrations that are kind of harmonious with its physiology. Mm. If you have a, a mom that's carrying the baby and the mom is stressed out, she's working too much, she is doesn't feel good physically, she's... Um, the husband and the wife are fighting or the husband's gone all. And then maybe she's got somebody, you know, a mother or somebody helping her who's not, or no one helping her like all of these things. So this baby, even in utero yeah. is going to be getting her cortisol, which is a mm -hmm. stress agent, her adrenaline, which is a stress agent. And what cortisol and adrenaline do for when in utero is it makes the little baby's body go into stiffness, like, because it's fight or flight, but there's nowhere to go because he's in a womb, right? Yeah. He's in a womb. And so their body gets all the blood flow goes to the legs and the hands. Same with everybody. When you get angry or when you get, you know, your hands and your feet fight or flight. Yeah. Um, and so then what happens is what doesn't get the funding is the brain, mm. is, is the digestion, is the heart. You know, so these areas, they don't get the 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 funding that you want and so a lot of people grow up with belief systems that they think are what reality is but they can't see it because it's subconscious yeah and so they have subconscious belief systems so some of the things that like what i do with my clients and i think i've talked about it in um for sure my books those belief systems attract stuff to you so people can do a focus that's positive but if they're not paying attention. There will be a loop in their brain that is from something that usually happened, you know, decades before, yeah. depending on how old they are. And, um, and that loop is going on and it might not be a loop that's serving you. And I'll, I'll give you, can I give you one story to show please. you? This? Absolutely. Please. So this one client, she bought a used car and she loved it. It was really cute. Then there was a big rain and all the inside of the car got, wet like really wet and she couldn't get the water out and she had had something done to the car between when she bought it and when the rain happened at this place so she went to that place and said can you help me and they looked at the car and they're like no we didn't do anything it's not our fault so she went back to the dealership and they said it's past the 30 days you can't you can't do anything so she was panicking because it was you know it's not healthy to have water sitting in your car no um, <laughs> no sure and she, was panicking and she she was in this um in the we were on zoom together 
And, um, and she was saying how no one was helping her. You know, she was just getting this thing. And all of a sudden I remember, cause I do a really thorough intake of people before we mm-hmm. the other, when she was five, she, her cousin had sexually abused her. And when she told her mom and her aunt, all her mom, her, her mom and her aunts all laughed at her yeah. and they, they made fun of her and they shamed her and she's five and the cousin was older. And so we healed that. We healed that subconscious programming that no one can help her. Yeah. The next day she gets a call from the, the um, insurance. Hey, we're going to give you a rental car for another, another 30 days. They'd get that had helped that had been working. They worked, they helped her for 30 days and now 30 days were up. They're giving her a new rental car. Right after that, she gets a call from the, not the dealership, but the car place who had done mm-hmm. some right. car. And the guy says, look, I don't know what this is, but I'm, you're going to be my case. I'm going to make sure we solve this. I will help you. Then wow. the car company calls and says, look, if you haven't gotten this taken care of, if there's no way to get it taken care of, We'll, we'll work something out with you. We'll figure it out. And so she couldn't believe all we did was heal the trauma from when she was five and the rental car, the car yeah. and the, and the car dealership all responded within 12 hours. Wow. So you have to be courageous enough to dig into that old stuff and release it. And then that, yeah. 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 But part of the issue is, is that, it's normal to you. Yeah. Mm, yeah. She can't see it. I could yeah. see it. I could see it because I knew I knew her story yeah. and I and I'm clear. No one ever helps me. It's just how things how life is for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 You have a uh, you have a but like say you have a leak in your roof and you just keep a bucket there the whole time. You're like, well, the, the bucket catches a leak and the house yeah. is leaking all the time. So yeah. that's the way it is. I mean, but, like, right. yeah. Perfect, yeah. Um, analogy. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. Wow. All right. Well, I didn't, we didn't know that you were a spoon bender too. <laughs> that, was, that was totally, I love that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, we've been doing, we've been doing the kind of the reprogram. I listened to, to liquid luck at least a couple that's Joe Gallenberger's um, guided meditation. You know, I do it at night, sometimes in the morning, you know, as I'm going to bed, I'll do it. And like I said to him, I'm, I'm not really a big guided medication guy, meditation guy. Most of the time uh never really vibed with him and then i just got that one and it just clicked and i think it's because he's a veteran of the monroe institute and that's all those guys do is that and uh and yeah stuff we we manifested and we're moving to a new uh house a new rental that's way better and it's like not that much more expensive you know um i think glenn yeah glenn's things have been happening with you too you love you love that one too right yeah Yeah, i i just it's been little things i mean but it's uh, the, the thing is is little things even then it's i i could i could easily be like wow my whole life didn't change tomorrow therefore mm-hmm. it's fake and then therefore something bad happens because i have that outlook on life it's no it's like man it's been great weather here it's been yeah. you know like i've <laughs> been having good days at work i've been you know getting off in time to enjoy and do my fun show you know it's like it's, it's been really it's been really good it's like that's 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 what i need and you know who who knows i don't did i need a big change i don't know if i did you know like it was yeah. just it was just this this overall kind of like I, I feel better, you know, and that's, and that's good. Yeah. And like, I, I, I have to say too, um, what a, some of the worst mental states that I get in is when I'm not eating the way I should be eating. Right. I mean, and that, and that makes sense too, it just constantly being used being in pain. Right. Because if you, especially as you get older, like you get, if you eat poorly, especially day after day after day, 
you're like inflamed. You're not feeling well. You might even be short breath. Like there's a lot of, I mean, we have, especially in this country, we see that happen a lot. Um, what is like, I mean, talk about like your diet and stuff, I guess is what I'd like to hear. Everybody always yeah. loves to know like what people eat and stuff on this show and, and stuff. And just, and when, when you're going well, when everything, when, when, when it's, uh, you know, when you're operating at, at, uh, at the best, you know, way you can, what, what are you eating? What are you, what are you doing? What, how much are you sleeping? You know, things like that. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always in this place of, of, uh, operating well for mm -hmm. the most part, you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel inspired to go off my diet. So let me just right. So yeah. I eat one meal a day, which I oh. really like. And part of the reason I like it, it's called OMAD, one meal a day. Um, and I'm not OMAD, I'm OGLAD. She's very uh, happy. He's <laughs> very happy. We can confirm she's happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one good meal a day. Yeah. But yeah. The, OMAD, the reason I like it is one, it gives your digestion a chance to rest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It also... Um, takes senescent or old cells, cells that have forgotten their way, and it kills them. It raises your human growth hormone, and it just uh, you just get more mental clarity. When you're, I used to eat a lot of sugar, and I used to eat a lot of grains. I was vegetarian for 27 years, and I had brain fog. And um, I, 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 now I eat what I call, I, I would say I eat paleo, but with a hell of a lot of fat. Meaning yeah. um, th like just a lot of, I just eat so much fat because your brain is mostly made of fat and water. And when people eat carbs, the, that's like the brain saying, okay, I'll take this fake fuel, but mm -hmm. I really want the good fuel. And so the brain will get inflamed trying to use bad fuel mm. and not just the brain, but the whole body. So you're right about the inflammation. So mm -hmm. I eat, basically, I eat um, meat. That's uh, uh, a whole nother story about how that happened, but- <laughs> The cows told me to do it, and they told me. They to told you. They then, told you. Oh my god, it was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I eat meat, and then I eat vegetables, and I eat, you know, like I said, fat. So I eat like a lot of. I like this ancient organic ski. Oh my god! So I like to have yeah. a scoop of ancient organic ski before I eat anything. Um, I don't. I don't eat. I don't drink coffee or caffeine or tea or anything like that. I just have water, and um, every once in a while, I might have fruit if the if it's fruit it's low sugar fruit like i do like coconut mm. and green apple and berries that's kind yeah. of the only fruit i eat and so i don't eat any grains i don't eat any sugar i haven't had sugar in 15 years wow and i haven't Dang. had grains in about 13 years and then i gave up dairy except for butter i don't know why butter feels really good in my body um so i'll eat butter too uh, but otherwise i don't have any other dairy and i haven't had that in um, I think like 11 years, it was like a two year, <laughs> every two years I let go of something. Uh, so that's kind of how I eat. And I usually sleep really well. I have my whole house, all my lights. You could just see for a second. Um, I don't know. Can you see, you can't see. Anything. I saw a little something pop up. Yeah. Yeah. You can see it's oh, every, all my yeah. lights are red. I have a lot of windows, so I don't need, uh, lights during the day, yeah. but, um, but so all my lights are red, so that helps me. I turn my Wi-Fi router off at night. Yeah, I gotta start doing that. That's yeah, yeah. yeah, airplane mode on on everything. It's it's yeah. the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Airplane mode. If I have my phone, um, I usually don't sleep with my phone in my room. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. sometimes I do if I want to uh, do a meditation that's on my phone or something like that. But yeah, I don't do that. I have blackout curtains in my um in my bedroom, and I have it blacked out between the bedroom and the bathroom, so that. 
the moon usually comes right in in the hallway like you can see it through the hallway really nice we have photoreceptors on every part of our body not just in our eyes so you can get light from the moon on your arms as you're walking let's say through your house at night and that will tell your body to stop making melatonin so so you want to get as much blue light which moon is blue light sun is blue light you want to get as much blue light out of your house. Like my computer is on a, it's got, it's called eyeglass. No, it's called, oh, I forget what it's called, but it's all, it's a different color. It's like a yeah. warm yellow. Because yeah. um, if you look at a phone, a, a normal phone, the light on the phone is brighter than the sun. And our eyes are not designed for that. Our eyes, oh, totally. you know, yeah. the, you look at all of humanity, you know, for the, however many uh, millions or thousands or hundreds yeah, of yeah. years. Yeah, this is a new thing, what we're doing right now. It's been like one generation yeah. uh, messing messing with our with the light being brighter on a screen than, yeah. the, than the actual sun. So yeah. I do all that. And then I my house is really quiet. I live I live in Los Angeles, but I'm in a canyon. So there's just, you just hear the, the owls. Ooh. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, some other animal or whatever, but yeah, it's quiet. When do you eat your meal? Like 4 p.m. noon? Yeah, or, I usually yeah. eat it. I like to work out first, so mm. I work. I meditate. I um, write. I work out, and then I usually eat after I've worked out. So it just depends on the day. Um, yeah. Sometimes there's other things I want to do, like like there's a couple things I was taking care of yesterday, so I didn't even. Um, I ate later, you know, it just depends on my schedule. And if I'm, somebody wants to go to dinner, I'll, I'll have a longer day of fasting and I'll wait, but I do like to eat so that I have at least six hours or eight hours before I'm going to go to bed mm-hmm, because, because the, the body food stays in your digestive system for a long time. And uh, if your body has to digest while you're trying to sleep, it's your body has to um, work at it. You know, your yeah. body has to work instead of rejuvenating you and and giving you all the goodness that your body wants to do when you sleep. Sleep is meant to be a, a healing, a rejuvenation, a wonderful thing. And your body doesn't want to have to do extra work, you know, while you're sleeping. So that's why I I try to eat like mm, two, three, four, sometimes a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you brought up a really good point about the, about the blue light, especially. Um, I mean, right, right now light is crazy because, you know, uh, there's, department stores or you know hardware stores aren't even carrying incandescent bulbs half the time anymore i've been seeing which that's yeah I you mean, can't even get them legally in california yeah sure. i know we're always first we're always first on many frontiers us californians <laughs> and uh lately it hasn't been great like lately it hasn't been a lot of great ones that i care to explore but the the uh but yeah you have a lot of stuff like that everything is is a screen now i mean even like at jobs you work at things you used to write down on paper are now done on screens uh and half the time the thing you look at on the screen is negative and bad so you're basically <laughs> frying your eyes while ruining your mental constitution by looking at something <laughs> that you would have never known about um otherwise <laughs> and then uh 
then you know you're when I usually when I'm in that kind of state, I usually want to want to um, counteract that with a decadent sort of meal. Right. Which because you're like, oh, man, I, I need something to pick me up. Right. That then compounds it. Um, so we're being sold that what we're doing right now is progress. Um, this is this is the human race progressing. Right. Because everything's done. Tech, we have wireless headphones. We have all these things uh, that are that are done. But uh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say there's something so brilliant about nature i mean when you look at a tiny seed can create a giant tree and the giant tree in a forest there's mother trees and the mother trees have their roots go out and then these mycelium which are mushrooms basically underground mushrooms they connect the roots of different trees to each other and the mother knows which ones are her baby trees so she'll make sure the nutrients go to them like there's so much brilliance going on it's off the charts even the fact that like i don't wear glasses i used to wear sunglasses i used to be light sensitive i have light eyes and i used to be light sensitive and now i haven't worn any sunglasses and i live in los angeles which is you know sunny i haven't worn any glasses in um almost five years like right this month is five years and um and my eyesight has improved so much and my ability to see in the dark, you know, or in um, low light has improved as well. So, That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool how you can keep transforming every year, the older you get, it doesn't have to be this crazy decline that everyone, everyone taps out at 38 years old, 42 years old, you know, it's sad. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like, and it's just, it's it can be fun you know it's just, yeah it's i don't know because i think you know we're, we're both same age we're both in our in our early 30s right and it's kind of you you know you start to see some of your friends start to falter a little bit it's oh, natural it's you know it's normal and i should say not natural it's normal in our society right things yeah and it's man it's it's just sad and i i think you know and it's not really about yeah obviously it's about what you do for sure there's actions you can take you know, we, we just rattled off you know 30 different actions that you could take, but it's more like the mindset I feel, you know, and just more the, you'll be led to the right things and everyone's led to slightly different things. You know, there's probably is a pattern of this stuff that we do, like probably don't want to be blaring the screen in your face. You know, it's probably hard to work around that, but it's just, it's just crazy. Just start to play with it and start to have fun and start to explore, you know, life could get better, you know, and it doesn't have to keep getting worse and weirder and stuff. And um, yeah. Anyway, that was my my little rant. But uh, I love that because, you know, I I feel younger now. When I was 18, people would say, how old are you? And I'd say 84. That's how I felt. felt. And now I feel so energized and people constantly, you know, they make they make jokes, you know, 25 year old body, 25 year old girl body missing. She wants it back, you know, when they're looking at uh, me exercising or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm stronger. My hair is thicker. My eyesight has improved. My mental cognition has gone up. My processing speed has gotten faster. My mental acuity to understand things faster has gotten faster. My attention has gotten more focused. My uh, IQ has gone up 20 to 30 points. All of these things, all the things that I just mentioned for the mental stuff, they've all gone up 20 to 30 points from, uh, I, I went to a neuroscience and I got the cap on the head with electrodes. I did that two times over with two year in between. And he was like, Oh my God, you know, the way your brain it's improved in every area. Yeah. That's so crazy. So yeah, I'm writing a book on um, how to 
look and feel younger independent of the of any age basically so i'm in the process of writing that yeah 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 so uh, no that's the yeah i think that's that's wonderful because like i i do notice it. i mean i think people age in like dog years now and not even talking looking <laughs> right like i think there i think a lot of people like there's many you know tricks that you can do to you know fool somebody into thinking you're this age you know and 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 and, and all that but there's so many people now that i just like you know they're they're waking up and they're they're sore and it's like man you're 25 years old you know what I mean? like what what right. is and a lot of it a lot of it we work we work jobs we you know aren't naturally fit to to do there is societal parts of it but also we we don't like we don't even reward people for having good memories anymore you know and just things like that because it's all written down everything's archived mm. for us you know yeah. like we don't have to apply ourselves so i think anything that you know we do we we might not be rewarded in the material way in the material world for you know some of the things that we do here and i think that's what stops a lot of people is is mm. that well all right but i mean you know i'm gonna make two hundred thousand dollars this year at this company where my the computer does half my work for me you know and, and all this so why would why would i do that but it's like man it only it only takes one bad week it only takes one bad day for you to go i i, I would do anything to feel any different than i do right now because that stuff always catches up to people yeah yeah and when people feel bad emotionally it impacts the physiology in a negative way but part of the thing about the aging thing that I want to say is that we are, so there's something called a placebo, which is an inert uh, thing or something that has a positive benefit. It comes from the word, word placere, which means to please. So it's something that pleases you. Usually it's like a sugar pill or something, which I can never do a placebo because of that. Um, <laughs> if it's a, if it's in, cause I don't eat sugar, but um, then there's a nocebo. A nocebo is you're going to decline when you get older, when you get older, you lose your hair. When you get older, you get fat. When you get older, you can't do some of these things. When you get older, you're going to have dementia. When you get older, you're going to, or you're going to live for six more months, right? Yeah. These are nocebos. It's basically something that commercials say it. Oh, as you age, this part of your body, you know, you lose glutathione. And so your body, da, da, da. you yeah. know, they're going to say that as you age, and I have a friend who's a doctor and I was doing, I was hitting my, um, my chest, like, like Tarzan, you know, I was just like uh -huh. doing this. And I and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm I'm stimulating my thymus gland. And he goes, well, you know, your thymus gland gets gets shrunken as you get older. And I said, do not tell my thymus yeah. gland that. Yeah. I was like, don't listen to him. He's giving you a nocebo. It's not true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shield. Yeah. Shield activated. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love that. Yeah. Well, do you want to pivot to not, maybe we could dip into this subject? And keep it as light as possible because we're, we're having so much fun here. And but RFK, you know, <laughs> Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I don't know because we're, you know, look, we're not really political. We, we talk about it for time and time or for here and there. Um, we rejected most of the COVID and the vaccine premise. That's kind of what made us uh, infamous in our circles and stuff. And um, and I've been following RFK for a long time because i long I've time been, yeah yeah because mm -hmm. i've been into the whole health scene you're kind of like friends with him right or you've met him and you you were kind of in his circle a little bit and i would see you on on twitter you'd be kind of defending him in a very uh positive and open way and trying to educate people about what he's about and everything and so do you want to talk a little bit about that and what's going on with rfk and because obviously he's on this huge platform now and yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean i've known him 33 years and wow. um I, the way I met him actually was so funny. I, I used to live um, on this street and um, there was these neighbors across the street and they had a dog and the dog kept 
escaping and he'd sit in the middle of the street, like right in the middle of the street, like just like this. He was a Jack Russell Terrier. He was so cute. His name was Tugger. And so I, um, every day I would see him out there and I would go pick him up and put him back in our backyard with our dog and leave a note saying, you guys got to be better at taking care of your dog. You know, what's wrong with you? And I didn't know them and they'd come over every day. Oh, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. You know, (laughs) thank you. Thank you for rescuing him. So, um, so then what happened is, you know, over time I rescued their dog, like, you know, hundreds of of time. So we became <laughs> friends, right? <laughs> so we became friends and um, I didn't know anything about them or anything, but we just started to get to know each other. And then I moved to New York. I was doing a TV show and they moved to Virginia to go to law school. And, uh, and then they decided to get married. So they invited me to be to their wedding. And this is one of Bobby's younger brothers and his sister, now his sister-in-law. So I was invited to the wedding and I was invited to Hyannisport a bunch of times. And I was invited to um, Hickory Hill, which is in Virginia. And, um, and so I got to know a lot of his family and Ethel, who I love and just different, you know, just different people. And we did all sorts of stuff. They played football. They were rough, um, <laughs> mixed football. Yeah. And we went sailing and it was just really fun. And, and then at the wedding, I was a bridesmaid and, um, and that was really fun. And again, I met more of the family and then I was back in New York, like, a, I don't even know how long after that, but just not too long, a week or two. And I went into an event and this man turned around and he looked at me and he goes, hey, weren't you at my brother's wedding? And I said, what's your brother's name? And he said the name. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I'm his older brother. And my name's Bobby. And I was like, hi, Bobby. And so we ended up becoming friends and we were friends. We would go on. What I loved about him is in New York, the Hudson River it was it was so polluted mm-hmm. and all these businesses were were just flagrantly polluting the river and bobby was suing every single business bobby and the it was called the hudson river keeper was was what the organization was that he was part yeah. of and he um they were suing all these businesses and they turned the hudson pretty much while i was there i think they started before i got there but but by the time i was done the hudson was was like had the most diversity of fish. The fishermen could start to work again. Mm-hmm. The um, the fish were healthy. They weren't smelling like oil or whatever else they were using. And so um, they made all these rules and they used this Hudson River Keeper to, it's now like franchised or, or help. there's like many offshoots of it. I don't know if it's franchised, but many offshoots of it in other countries where people who are local are taking care of their rivers mm-hmm. the same way that he did or in their way that works for them, but they get all the same kind of understanding. So I saw him doing that and I would go, you know, he'd always invite me to go hear him speak and I would go listen and he was talking about the environment and it was so common sense. It was so logical. It was so inspiring and it mm-hmm. always just made me feel electrified. And then with all of the Kennedys, but with Bobby too, we, I was always invited to teach somebody, you know, teach a group of kids from DC who had never swum how to swim. Mm. Or, um, like with Bobby, he was working with um, a, a community called Bedford Stuyvesant, and so he, you know, invited me and all these kids. We got on a boat where they'd never been on a boat. And then we went and we went hiking in, you know, in the wilderness outside of Manhattan. And um, and these kids that, you know, 
the, the joy on their faces uh, to see just so many trees and then yeah. see a deer or a rabbit or a hawk or or any of the the things that they were seeing and to see the the river there was a, yeah. a like a lake there where we were hiking and to see that and they were just so you know like wide-eyed and amazed so he's and, not he's been doing that a while he's not just doing that to score political points because i've seen him oh, do, no. do no. the hiking with the kids and everyone's like oh whatever you know but see he's about oh, no. he's been doing this is who he yeah. is this is yeah this is who he is. It's just, it's just part of it. Also the thing that I like when we go on hikes, you know, he, I pick up litter. My mom always told me to pick up litter. So I used to go every Saturday and pick up litter. Right. Um, at, when I was a kid and I still do that, I still pick up litter and he picks up litter. And, um, and so it was something we just discovered, you know, about each other. And so we've just been friends and I would hear him. And then like, I've, I've had other times where, just throughout the 33 years, we've had times of connection and not and all that kind of stuff. And so, so one of the things that I love about him is he has integrity and he has honesty and he might make a mistake. He might say something wrong, but he is consistent at wanting to get to the truth, being as transparent as possible, um, standing up for not the corporations, but for you know, the people and making sure that the people are getting um, cared for. I remember when, uh, when we were both in New York, I, he, um, he said, yeah, I'm going to be out of town. I said, Oh, what's going on? And he goes, my, um, my friend Cesar Chavez died. I'm going to be a pallbearer. Wow. And, and I was like, wow. And I said, what did you do with Cesar? And I didn't really know anything about Cesar Chavez. Yeah. But Bobby said, you know, I've, I've helped him. I've helped him, you know, uh, strike with his re with his workers and helped his workers get better benefit and better all that stuff. So he'd been working with this stuff. You know, this is in the early 90s. And um, and so I was always impressed with his care, with his honesty. He was honest with me about things that weren't to his advantage to be honest Right. But he yeah. but he just he just was so honest. Yeah. And so he enabled me to make good choices for myself mm. uh, that that maybe didn't um, invite him in in the same way that I would have, you know, if if that if I, he hadn't been that honest, he was so honest. And so that was really key. And then I also watched how wherever we went, there would be people that were, you know, the blue collar workers that would come up and say, thanks for, thanks for helping my river get better, or thanks yeah. for helping us on this case, or thanks for, you know, taking care of the environment. We love yeah. the environment, you know, so it was so much of that. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I'm a person as just in my own life in high school, my teacher said to us, look at, look around the room. Look at your desk, look at your book, look at your pens, look at the chalkboard, look at the door handle. It's filled with, you know, quadrillions of bacteria and viruses and mm -hmm. but you're all you're all still alive. What's going yeah. on? And I realized then, oh, it's about having a strong immune system. Yeah. Yeah. So so when Bobby started doing this stuff about um, vaccines, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it made sense to me because yeah. if strong immune system yeah if you're taking care of yourself you know he, it doesn't you don't things don't stick yeah. to, i never get sick you yeah. know 
Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just really formed, but also I love the fact that he has this environmental science background because in order to do any kind of trial, you have to read a lot of science. If, if yeah. it's, if it's a, you know, for the environment, you have to read the environmental science. So he got to see firsthand how what was in the science was not reflected in the governmental agencies yeah. and yeah. what was in the science was being lied about by the, the companies and by the governmental agencies. So he sued all these different agencies like the EPA and the NSA and the, mm-hmm. all these, he sued tons of agent, agent, agencies that are supposed to regulate and he sued them to make them be more, um, you know, honest. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, so that's something I've seen him do throughout as an environmentalist, but also as, you know, looking at the vaccines and maybe, you know, he's talked about it. Maybe it's not just vaccines because right. yeah. when all the diseases started happening. It was around 89 when, you know, different chemicals got introduced. Oh, yeah. Our yeah. There's so many things that it could be, but he's committed to, making making our our country healthy again you know we have 60 percent of americans are obese and and we have a huge amount of of comorbidities and 54 percent of little kids have a a chronic disease yeah and And he and he lists all he did was listen to people's moms like it wasn't even something that he came to on his own and i i don't say that as like a pejorative or anything I'm, i'm saying this is in a way he listened to moms Right. Yeah. Moms kept saying, I'm noticing something with my t- children, like, and you're not going to ignore me. I, you're, the, I know because they know that he actually cared about the environment and things like that. And, and his last name is a, is an American institution. Uh, just, just going to them, they would leave piles of paperwork on his door. Like, I need you to look at these. You are a smart, you know, lawyer, <laughs> you know, in a, in a sense, like you, you can't look at, look at these papers and tell me that there's nothing wrong. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people who might even, acknowledge what those moms were saying to be true but they might say well do i want to go down that path and what i've liked about him is he's always he's never been fearful about about going the extra mile you know going getting to that conclusion that you know it's it's frustrating to see other people just won't allow themselves get to Mm -hmm. right well you know it's hard but there's this quote i'm going to misquote it but it's something like it's really hard for someone to see evidence when seeing the evidence will negatively affect their paycheck yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember how that quote goes, but, and I don't mm-hmm. who, who I think that's, that's uh, Upton Sinclair, I think, who was oh, also, yeah, who was also yeah. famously psychic too, in a weird way. Yeah. He was he wrote a famous Californian yeah. author. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That. And, yeah. and the thing about, you know, listening, that's one thing I really like about Bobby too, is when he worked at the Hudson, he was going to these meetings with the fishermen to mm-hmm. understand what's going on. How is this pollution impacting them? When he went to like the Amazon, he listened to the people, the indigenous people who live there, who were talking about what was going on with the oil companies or other places that were that were destroying, you know, the Amazon. When he um, went to the border, he listened to the refugees. He listened to the doctors. He listened to the Border Patrol to see what is going on. He's really good at getting a full understanding of the problem and part of that is that he's a pretty good listener and like even he did a thing on see i really like regenerative farming i'm like a freak about regenerative farming yeah, we I hate it 
we hate nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we, we quite like it as well. And I try to eat organic regenerative and da da da. But um, he did a round table with different uh, farmers from different parts of America mm-hmm. or different f- advocates who all talked about regenerative farming because he was trying to find out what is the best policy that's going to make America healthier, but also make the soil, the water, the air healthier. You know, uh, when you're yeah. eating food with pesticides, conventional food, not only are you polluting your own body, but you're the the stuff that they're doing, it's killing pollinators and other insects and it's polluting the dirt. You, it turns soil into dirt, meaning there's yeah. no nutrients in it. It pollutes the groundwater because all the chemicals soak into the groundwater and it, it it just pollutes anything that eats it, you know, whether it's an animal or a human um, or an insect, it pollutes them too. So you really want to have organic I do anyway. I really want to have, I yeah. love organic stuff because I don't yeah. want to have the toxins. We already get enough toxins. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, like we had it right for years. Why? You know what I mean? Like it's the world yeah. was fine for, for a long time. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like we just suddenly needed, we came to this great discovery that we need to put, you know, uh, all these weird like carcinogens inside food like to to make people healthier and um which is great and now the, just uh, i had one one last question for you one thing we haven't talked about is you're you're an accomplished actress oh yeah i mean, I mean like I, i'm like i'm scanning your imdb i i'm like yeah what was it what was it like on the cheers set yeah i was wondering about that what was that i mean like? i mean yeah. one life to live i mean we have we have actual fans that are that are so yeah. fans like on here um shout out the the perfume nationalist podcast as well who covers uh soap operas in depth and um uh we 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 collaborate with people that do that stuff all the time but um one i mean i mean you were you were you were on an episode in the glory years of the x files which i think is is amazing so yeah. like all, all yeah. that's really cool so i mean like I, I'm, I, do you have any desire to go back to that or, or are you still doing it? Yeah, I, I stopped doing it when I had the narcolepsy because I literally fell asleep on camera on, no, no. on camera <laughs> while I was doing a film with the same producer of that X-Files. Um, and so I stopped doing it. I didn't know what else I could do. And then I ended up becoming a, a, a coach, which I really, it's so gratifying. Mm. And then, and then I've written books, which is gratifying. And I like to speak, but I love acting. I love acting. I love acting. And now it took me a while because, you know, when you do an an acting job, almost every acting job, it's, it's somebody who's having a problem pretty much. There's very few, there's very few acting roles that are like who I am, where I don't have any problems anymore. I'm just like happy all the time. It doesn't always make the best show. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Right. And so it took me a while to understand how to play any part, you know, a part that's suffering, a part that's angry, a part that's sick without it impacting me. Because part of yeah. the thing with acting is I saw, cause I studied mind body science. That's what I did in college with acting. It was the Petri dish. I saw how whatever character I was playing, my physiology shifted for that character. I played okay. pregnant on that one life to live. I was Tina. I played pregnant for, I think six months or something i wore a pillow under a leotard under my clothes right Mm -hmm. after about three or four months the wardrobe girl came in with my uh a dress i was going to wear and the bra i wear with it and she put the bra on me and she goes oh my god your breasts have grown on you're not you're no longer a c you're a d what 
Right. And I was like, oh my God. And she goes, let me go get you a different bra. And while she's going to get the bra, I'm like, oh my God, my body thinks I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm playing yeah. that physiology. And then I had the baby on the show and my breast went back down to it. <laughs> that's great. I mean, it's method. It's method. Method acting yeah. in a sense. That, that, is <laughs> that is psychokinesis. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, like the famous yeah. Heath Ledger is the famous one, sadly, right? With the joke. Yeah. yeah. And all, it's like, I mean, it, it, that went that went real south for him. You know. Yeah. I mean, right. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, so you've you've been doing it. You had been doing it. I mean, that was your trade for quite a while, right? That was what that was what you yeah. did, and like what um. I guess, you know, because you had said for a long time you were, you know, not in a great place for a long time mentally. But I, at that, I, I would imagine that probably helped you in the acting department, right? Like it was weird. It was like such a trade off. It, I, I find that yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And now I know how to do it without using as an actor. Originally, when I had all this, you know, I'd been raped, I'd been molested, I'd been beaten, I'd been, you know, all that stuff, all that fun stuff. Um, I used that with <laughs> acting and it and so I would kind of increase that that pain center that we were talking about because right. I was using it in order to play a part um and now I know how to do it without doing that and so the freedom I have is like now I can play any kind of character and it can be really freaking fun and it won't impact my life in a negative way wow. um so that yeah so I'm excellent yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, well, th well, this has been great and we would love to speak to you again sometime. Cause I, I have so many more questions, especially on the farming tip. I think, I think that'd be a yeah. fun thing to dive in again another time, but, um, let everybody know about, um, about your books, about where to find you. Um, your, your Twitter is just your name. That's, that's Karen Laurie and that's L O R R E. Uh, so, uh, make sure you guys go check that out, but let everyone else, you know, websites that you have and stuff with uh, our, our audience is, uh, they, they, when they like a guest, they go, they go find them and they go check out their stuff. So just make sure you can let everybody know where that stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also Karen Laurie, uh, K-A-R-E-N-L-O-R-R-E on YouTube and cool. Twitter is a good place to find me more than Facebook because Facebook only lets you have, uh, you know, 5,000 people or something. So it's, it's I get, I get like 700 requests, friend requests a day. So I, I miss people all the time. Um, uh, you can get my books for free if you want. They are on Amazon and the first book is on audible. I narrated it, but if you just want to read that, you know, just want to check it out or get just the PDF of it, you go to chronic C H R O N I C pleasure P L E A S U R E book B O O K.com. So chronicpleasurebook.com, you can get my books downloaded for free. And um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and and to be honest, though, I would say you got to buy the physical copy because we just we just talked about blue light. It's not great for you. Buy yeah. the physical copy of her <laughs> book. Well, yeah, we audio version is, is good on the there first you go. Because that go. book, um, you know, I, I wrote it. I write all my books in love and then I narrate it in love. So people True. get a lot from the, the audiobooks. Too. You might even get more because you've you've, yeah. you've added more to it. I, I get I, I I like the audiobook. I like the audiobook a lot. So um, well, thank thank you, Karen. This has been this has been wonderful, um, we, and we'd love to speak to you again sometime. Thank you so much. Really it was so fun. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Have a safe week, and we'll talk to you guys. Later.